to move then slightly onwards from there to another point which has generated an awful lot of uh, column inches uh, <laughs> and in these days podcasts, which is the idea that the 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 Marxists are out to destroy the family, and this um, point of view. I mean, you can you can probably go and read about a million pages from Jordan Peterson on it if you want to want to, but it stems from misinterpretations, and it'll come. A lot of it starts in the manifesto itself, and a failure to understand the dialectical method of analysis that Marx and Engels are using here. So I'll start off by reading this quote, which is reads as follows: The bourgeoisie, wherever it has got the upper hand has put an end to all feudal, patriarchal, idyllic relations. It has pitilessly torn asunder the motley feudal ties that bound man to his natural superiors, and has left remaining no other nexus between man and man, the naked self-interest, than callous cash payment. So, Layla, why does Marx want to kill the family? <laughs> Shouldn't we be told why? Okay, well, I think first of all, no one's trying to kill the family, um, communists don't need to do that, even if they wanted to. Uh, capitalism destroys the family on its all on its own by by tearing it apart, tearing the patriarchal peasant family apart, and putting everyone in that family into work, the women and the children. You know, people forget, but back in the day, um, proletarian families. Uh, they couldn't just get by even with two parents working. The kids had to go in as soon as they were old enough into the mines, into the the, the factories, like they, they would do like awful conditions, right? So capitalists, I think what Marx is trying to show here is that capitalism itself destroys the family. So communists aren't trying to, we, you're not, you're not going to kill something that's already dead. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I, I think that communists really get a bad rap for this stuff because a lot of leftists and even some communists are like we weird about the family and they have like they may kind of correctly point out that the family is deteriorating because of the forces of the capitalist mode of production, but they'll have like these bozo these weird kind of um solutions to it, like have like some kind of I don't know, like polyamorous arrangement or a polyamorous <laughs> ruffle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we can, you know, we should probably have a show on this, but um, I think it suffices to say that um, the, the family absolutely has been changed because of the capitalist mode of production, because of that, not because of anything communists have been doing. Um, and with change, all change is good and bad. I'm never going to say that everything that's happened to the family has been good, um, but some of it has been good. Like, it's been good and bad. Like, I think freeing men and women, men and women, not just women, from patriarchal constraints creates a situation where one can build relationships off of an egalitarian basis and off of a situation of human freedom. And that is scary. And that is, I think that's actually the most difficult thing in the world. Um, but that that offers the potential as well for creating like, you know, relationships that are truly based on affection and solidarity and compatibility and things of that nature. Um, I think this great quote that was in a footnote for the book I was reading on the manifesto from some of the early utopian socialists. And they say, um, Bazal and Fontaine, they say, um, in the name of marriage today, frequently consecrates the monstrous union of devotion and egotism, of light and ignorance, of youth and decrepitude. And I think that's very much emblematic of the marriages that are left under 
bourgeois in bourgeois society. You know, you see the bourgeoisie, bourgeois men, old, decrepit bourgeois men marrying very young women, for instance. Um, you see, you see one partner devoted to the to the union, the other one um, not. Like so, there's a lot of cheating, for instance, that goes on in in modern bourgeois relationships. Um, you see, you just see like a general uh, coming together of incompatible people who stay together um, because uh, for a large part, because of financial pressures. And that's when that, when that doesn't exist anymore, as in the pro- in proletarian, in, in the proletariat, um, it gives the rise, as Kalantai talks about, um, the potential for, you know, relationships based not on material considerations. So just on kind of emotional and like and interpersonal compatibility and what exactly that will look like i think it's hard to say because we've never been in a situation of human freedom there are some hints that we can we can kind of see the seeds of it within contemporary proletarian relationship habits but also in um how you know marriages and relationships were conducted in hunter gatherer societies for instance that's other hints I think that this accusation is quite unfair, and I think that it's kind of it, it kind of comes from the fact that communists will be so a lot of communists will will kind of try to, you know, write the cookbooks for the what is it write the cookbooks for the chefs of the future something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah like I think I think though like the point is not that we're trying to destroy anything it's just that it is being destroyed and dialectically we need to understand this destruction. In its good aspects and its bad aspects, and I, I think that's what communists, what that's what Marx is trying to do here, trying to say here in the, the manifesto. Yeah, it's it's actually a, a point of view which is also developed in the the earlier piece of writing, the principles of communism by Engels, where he talks about the the fact that the the means of production are constantly being revolutionized. That's constantly going to be revolutionized, as I mentioned earlier, the individuals, the individual people, sure. and the family units yes. to go along with it, mm-hmm. and the to talk about like uh, a retreat to uh, an earlier form of family organization which is basically an attempt to a utopian attempt to retreat to an earlier form of property it completely ignores the history as we've said before of the, the family the family unit of the working class which is a completely different thing to the family unit of the bourgeoisie particularly in the period that marx is writing where the the children get sent to work where not just the father works, but the mother works as well. And often, you know, the large families that are had back then are, are a product partly of the fact that the a lot of a lot of the the infants die in their earliest years. Mm-hmm. So this uh, any idolization of like the family of an earlier period, what people are really idolizing is or idealizing is the the family unit of the bourgeoisie. Yes. Because it's not the family unit of the proletariat, but given the the harshness of which life was, life life hit them with, which is the the fact that everybody was working, many many people died very very young. This is not something to be idolized, and the potential that's unlocked by actually eroding that, and about also eroding the bourgeois family, the idea that uh, people can be truly free to build relationships on genuine um, shared affection, love, uh, embracing of similar values, etc. All the things that you would want in a relationship, that potentially is unlocked by removing the material 
side of things that binds people into relationships based on essentially exchanges of property. Yeah. So the potential is unlocked or starts to be unlocked by capitalism. And you notice this is the common recurring theme in Marx's analysis where he's looking at the potential that he's unlocked there, but capitalism isn't able to develop it further. So that's why you end up with like these wild, like sort of lifestyleist politics of like, well, maybe if we just like uh, um, um, elevate some latest form of like, um, you know, communal sex living or something then we'll overcome the contradictions which is not going to happen it's just it's why you end up with like completely ridiculous people doing completely ridiculous things that is going to alien only going to alienate anybody normal Mm. but the what we have to bear in mind is that we're not going to get to the point where uh the relationships and loving relationships are able to be defined on a different level we're not going to get to that point as yet because the material conditions are still constrained by capitalist ownership so no matter how many weird combinations the dsa comes up with they're not going to be able to fuck their way to socialism anytime soon not that they actually want to